Kirsty. Yeah. Are you ready for the show this week? I think so, but oh, what is it about this week? This week we're doing the Final Fantasy episode of Super Nerd Pals, and we have special guest Zach Lyons. I don't know anything about Final Fantasy. Well, you see. Oh God! What the hell? Battle was that? music. Oh, uh, it! It's okay, I got Phoenix Downs. If you leave, you're sentencing him to. I have the Downs! Doom! Doom! Much like that Fantastic Four guy. Oh, guys, we're all dead. Thanks, Kirsty. The game over screen is flashing right now. And we didn't save! We didn't save! Well, there's nothing I can do about it. I didn't know what to do. There was everything you could do about it. What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 29 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm one of your hosts, Stan Gadurski. And joining me this week, Kirsty Esman. Hey. Zach Lyons. Hello. Chris Sampson. Witness! And Andy Carasquillo. Illo. Illo. Hey. And every week, we discuss our top picks in nerdy news, comics, games, and everything else. What up? What's up, guys? What up? How's it going? Doing this good. This is a supreme extra packed episode of Super Nerd Pals. Yeah, five people. Five. Sweet. Six. We never count. had five people. The dog. Where's the dog? Where's uh Freckles? That's not Freckles. That was my other dog. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I only <laughs> know of Freckles. <laughs> well, this hey, is Freckles, though. Yeah. <laughs> you remember one of them. <laughs> so, uh, Zach, thanks for coming on the show this week. Ah, uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Would you like to say a couple of words? Say all the words for yourself, so we know who you are. Chronicle your life story. We're on a budget. I wanted to be really clever and quote that thing that Dumbledore says in Book One of Harry Potter, where he's like, "I have a few words," and he says random nonsense, (laughs) but I don't remember what he says. So never mind. That was that was good enough. That was good enough. Yeah, (laughs) just (laughs) just like I was. That's hello, (laughs) Zach. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from New Zealand. Exotic New Zealand. Whoa! Whoa! It's like you're in the room with us. How are you doing that, man? <laughs> it's magic! It's, a, it's possible via a series of tubes called Whoa. the internet. What? Too much science. Gosh. Ugh. Science. What is it all about? <laughs> <laughs> Magnets? How do they work? Technology. What is that all about? <laughs> Alright, guys. Do we have any news this week? Hell yeah, we got some news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like Chris has all the news, but we got news. Chris has all the news. All right, Hell so... yeah, we got news. Shit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so tell okay. us your news, Chris. Okay, so I know. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this this news just broke today. 
NBC is developing a workplace comedy set within the DC universe, and it's called Powerless. And Do they have to... powers? No, no. I mean, can can you believe it? <laughs> I was surprised Whoa. too. Um, is it a Superman? Is well, it about I, a Superman? I, I think it's the entire DC. Um, actually, I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be A list or B list or C list heroes. But all they revealed on the the article I was reading is that it involves like non superhero folks working in a a firm that deals with superhero related insurance <laughs> claims. So. So, so, so every day they're going to be dealing with, oh god, Superman fought Darkseid and the entire block was leveled, you know, but they weren't insured, so we have so much... Batman keeps running over our shrubs. <laughs> exactly. Damn you! That man is a Cretan, and he does not know how to drive, and he smashes into everything. And he's not nice. He always he talks about grumpy. scrubbing. I don't he know what that's about. He doesn't even so, uh, like, guys, I need you to scrub these insurance claims. It's like, Batman, what are you even talking about? They they literally didn't mention anything else, like what hero's going to show up, or what kind of archetype's going to be used in with the show. I'm already getting a feel of, like, Parks and Recreation set within the DCU, and I just want, like, a Ron Swanson type of character, or just Nick Offerman to show up. Yeah, that'd be great. That's, I'm really excited for this show, uh, and I, I find it really interesting because most of DC's live-action TV shows, they're, they're super grimdark, except for, like, Supergirl. Supergirl is leaning towards more lighthearted. It's half comedy, half drama, and this one's straight-up comedy, so this is, like at least for, like, live-action TV, this is Uncharted Waters for DC, so I'm really interested how they'll handle it. It's something completely new that we haven't seen. And on the flip side, you know, like Marvel is getting a little bit darker in their kind of in their properties. You know, you have Daredevil, and then season two, the Punisher is going to show up. So DC and Marvel are kind of switching tonally. So I'm really excited for this show. I think it'll be a really good opportunity, actually, for them to bring in lots of lesser-known characters. If it's an office place, anybody and everybody can show up, right? It's not your conventional thing. Exactly, and you know, you got what like 75, 80 years of DC yeah. history. Yeah, and especially from if it's gonna be a comedy, you can you can draw heroes from like the golden age and silver age, like the whole campy like Adam West kind of sixties and seventies feel. Man, how nice is it gonna be to have a comedic take on the DC universe instead of dark and gritty and dark and <laughs> gritty? I well, I mean, they've they've experimented with that before. You have Batman Brave and the Bold, which was a really great I actually TV really show. liked that show. Um, it was just. It was so funny because it was just, it was just Batman team up with another hero, and this particular Batman he had like a really dry, sardonic sense of humor, and it was really campy, and I loved it. So, and then you know, oh, Batman sixty six, of course, we all love it here. If if they're doing like a park and ride yeah, so, thing, they have to have someone that plays like a Tom Havelford. It's my favorite character there. Yes, you just recast the entire Parks and Rec crew and just you know put it back into the show. <laughs> what else you got, Chris? So I I'm really excited for this. It's a new comic book title that's coming. I uh, it's I, I forget when it's coming out. I think it's coming out in the fall. Uh, it's it's um it's called Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I have no experience with these two IPs, except for Devil Dinosaur, because he showed up recently in the Planet Hulk and Secret Wars tie-in comic. Uh, if, you, if you guys haven't read it, all you need to know is on Planet Hulk, Gladiator Captain America is riding a giant red <laughs> sentient dinosaur, and it's amazing. <laughs> 
So, so I liken this to Clifford, the big red dog, except in the Marvel Universe, except as a young, I guess like a 12-year-old, 13-year-old uh, African-American girl, and the sentient sort of demon dinosaur, but that's really sweet. He's like, he's like a playful as a kitten, and they just go around like saving... Same that that kind of sounds like twisted. the cartoon uh, Maggie and the Ferocious Beast. Yo, know, I have I have like, not heard of this. Yeah, that show oh that God, show is really oh, well, uh, it's pretty just, old. I'm just deprived of things. It's so, good. so what, it's just like the girl who finds this huge ass beast who looks like he has horns and shit. Oh, yeah, he had spots and shit, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a nap and like eat a cookie." Yeah, yeah. you would think yep. he was like scary and shit, and then nope, he would just help people out with shit. Kind of reminds me of that uh, that demonic, yeah. demonic dinosaur you're talking about. But yeah, it's a demonic dinosaur with a heart of gold. Just <laughs> like you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be interesting because they're changed. Because I believe it was originally Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur, but they they're changing. Yeah, that's it what to, I heard too. Yeah, they're yeah. changing it to a girl who's really smart but feels different from everyone else her age and so i think that's really interesting that they're taking this different take on the dynamic between what would be like a boy and a dinosaur going on adventures it's like this you know smart little girl and a giant devil dinosaur in the middle of new york so it, it sounds like it'll be like something really i think interesting i might pick it up just off the the pictures that i've seen alone it looks pretty interesting and it's definitely something i'd probably follow I want her and the dinosaur to team up with Miss Marvel because I think that would be an amazing team up. I believe it's going to happen. Is that going to be like main Marvel universe? Yeah, I, I they're living so, yeah. in New York. That's going to be the interesting because I know they're definitely going to run into like Miles Morales and Peter Parker, the Avengers. Yeah, they're going to run into everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone is like based off of Manhattan. I don't know why. Because where all this shit happens. Yeah. So what else you got for us? The last piece... Well, I have a whole bunch of Final Fantasy news, but I'll say that for later when we actually dive in. But my last generic nerd news today... Uh, this hey, was none announced... of it's generic, friend. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> You're okay. generic. Non-Final non- Fantasy news. I think it was announced yesterday, but Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover, he's going to voice act as the Joker in the 2017 Lego Batman movie. So he's going to be joining the ranks of Mark Hamill and John DiMaggio and Troy Baker. Um, Troy Baker, and plus all the all. Well, Troy Baker. He, he voices voices in the, Arkham. Oh, oh, oh. He's he in my closet. Voices, right. Arkham, Arkham Origins, Joker. So what do you think? Do you think he's going to do a good job? I don't know. I mean, only time will tell. I don't know. I don't think Zach Galifianakis can I mean, I, I, be I dark, but... The... Um, I mean, it's the Lego Movie's interpretation of the Joker, so it's probably going to be pretty good for Zach Galifianakis. I think it'll be interesting because, like, when I first heard Troy Baker was going to voice him in Origins, I think everybody's collective response was, eh, you know, Troy Baker, he's just the, the hot thing of the moment, so, you yeah, know, that's why they're doing that. And then he did his, what was it, he did the yeah. monologue from, I can't remember which one it was from, mm-hmm. but... Killing Joke? That's the one. And everyone was just like, yeah, you got it. You got the job. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's uh, like you said, it's a Lego movie thing, so it's going to be a different kind of take on it, but I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. Wait, can I share a go fun fact it. real quick? Yeah, please. go ahead. Please do. Okay, my dad fixed Mark what? Hamill's computer once. No way! Because he's, uh, he's a, he owns a computer repair company and fixed his computer back in, like, 2002 and was, like, in his home, like, met his, like, wife. Nice. Tell him? Yeah. Wow. Tell him to That's hook us a, up with digits. Elaborate, elaborate. Give us more details. Yeah, 
I don't know. I think at the time I was 11, so I, like, didn't care. You know, I was like, Mark Hamill Schmammel. Like, I like 20. Oh, uh, no. Mark Hamill right. Schmammel, I presume. So that means you guys are, like, BFFs now, right? What's he doing on the set of Star Wars right now? Why don't you? Oh, my gosh, I don't know. But he signed. <laughs> he signed this, like, box of Star Wars cereal we have. That's badass. What? That's amazing. Somewhere. Do you still have it? Do you still oh, have see it? it? You should I think it's stand. I think I like know where it is. You should if you Instagram can find it. it. Take a picture of it. I think I know exactly where it is at this moment. Oh my god, we need to track down this cereal. Kirsty, <laughs> okay. you're practically celebrity. Oh my okay. gosh. <laughs> We're gonna try to get Mark Hamill Schmammel to our. Why don't we have wedding. him as a guest on the podcast? We're gonna send him the. We're gonna send the invitation. It's like, dear Mr. Mark Hamill Schmammel. Like, what the fuck is Hamill Schmammel? Have a photo of the box of cereal, the signed box of cereal on the invitation. Remember this? Yeah. He's like, honey, they keep sending me Hamill Schmammel's mail. <laughs> Have any of the other guys had celebrity run-ins? Uh, I met like, Kevin like Smith. Oh, awesome! Uh, like on um, the street or at he Secret was actually Stash they were recording um, Cop Out. Was it Cop? Yeah. They were recording Cop oh, Out, nice. like, near, in my whole neighborhood, and, uh, I was walking to my friend's house to give her her iPod back, which she left at my house, and, uh, mm-hmm. I saw him park his car across the street from where I was at, and I just kind of, like, told my friend that, like, oh, shit, uh, Kevin Smith, and then he, like, came up to me. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> nice, so you got a picture, yeah, you got a handshake, much. you got a hug? Uh, except the hug. Wait, I have another one, I have another one. So when I was little, I was probably like 12 o'clock. When I was I don't know, I was, I was quarter past three. <laughs> so when I was 12 years old, my neighborhood has this block party. And my mom is, like, working it. And she made me sell these, like, raffle tickets. And so I'm just walking up to random people. You want to buy a raffle ticket? You want to buy a raffle ticket? Whatever. So I'm, like, 12. I'm walking around. I see this, like, guy with, like, gray hair. I'm, like, whatever. I, like, walk up to him. I'm, like, excuse me. Would you like to buy a lotto ticket? And he, like, laughs. And he was, like, no, thank you. And just gave me $20. I was, like, that's really kind. And then, like, my cousin came up behind me and was, like, that was John Stewart. I was, like, oh. What? Who is John Stewart? Oh, my God. I, like... He gave me money. I don't care. You know, you know, the trick is, is, is to not know who the person is that you want to meet, and like to not care about them. That way, you get to meet Mark Hamill. I mean, and clearly, John Stewart. I have a story. So, Uh, yeah. All right, Stan. I have a story of what exactly not to do. So, so I was. uh, This was two thousand. I guess what two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And uh, I went to the Philadelphia Comic Con. It was it was one of my first ever comic book Comic Cons. I usually go to uh, Otakons, like anime manga conventions. But so I went with my one of my best friends from middle school and, and to high school, and it was a lot of fun. We were leaving the con to go get dinner. We were waiting at a crosswalk. And my friend nudges me. He's like, "Look, look over there." I turn around, and it was none other than Bruce Campbell standing maybe 15 feet away, and I was like. Bruce Campbell, I love you! And he, he turns, he, he whips around, looks at me, locks at me, dead in the eyes. And like a half second later, I don't know if he was joking or serious, but he jumped back into a karate pose, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then the, the light changed, stopped to walk. 
So he kind of like walked went <laughs> right across the street, and I was like, "No, Bruce Campbell, no! I just, I just want to hug you and stuff." And then, <laughs> and then, and then, the second later, my friend Saad he pulls me over, like, "Chris, you could have, you could have died." He's like, "Wait, how? Why? Do you see that guy next to him?" I was like, "No, he was the bouncer. He was, he was eyeing you." It was like, "Oh, oh." And, then, and to this day, they still make fun of me for scaring away Bruce Campbell. And I think it takes a lot to scare away Bruce Campbell. It's still because uh, I know he fights deadites <laughs> and he doesn't give a fuck if, it, if like his arm gets cut off and oh Ash versus Evil Dead the new TV show coming out this October it looks amazing is that so, this October yeah this Halloween it, it looks so good I thought it only so just started production recently man oh no it's airing it's airing this October Wait. and like, Lucy Lawless is in it and they're gonna be <laughs> shanking people with bottles and it's gonna be of course she's in it uh, I've I've quick celebrity story. Uh, one, okay. well, you guys do anime stuff. Uh, do you course. know Vic Mignogna? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was at Anime Weekend Atlanta in 2007 or something. And, um, and you know, they, they always have the big long signing booth set up. So, you know, there's big lines for the big people. And he's been such a big name in the anime world for years now. So he's always got a huge line. I just couldn't be bothered waiting in line for a signature. One of the days during the convention, though, after his signing had taken place, I was just wandering around the merch hall and uh, stopped at the Funimation booth to look at whatever they had. And, oh, yeah, I'll take this thing. And Vic Mignano was helping at the Funimation booth. And uh, so he was the one that helped me. I'm like, oh, hey, can I get a, can I get a, can I get a picture and a signature? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, he was such a chill dude, and uh, that was really cool. And, like, didn't have to wait in line, didn't have to waste any time. I was just, hey, there it's we go. It's funny that, that you say that, like, um, cool. about awesome. Vic Mignano being, like, mad chill. Because I, for some reason, I have a friend who swears that Vic Mignano ruined his life. And he's never explained... He's yeah. never explained to me why what has happened, but he always tells me that he hates Vic Mignano and that Vic Mignano ruined his life. So, no, poor oh, guys. no, man. No, there he was really chill, really chill. Like, I kind of figured, I, I almost didn't ask him for the photo or autograph because I'm like, he's here, like, helping these guys out, you know, I don't want to waste his time. But then I'm like, screw it, you know, go for it. And, he, yeah, he didn't have any problem. He didn't think it was an inconvenience, or he didn't let on that it was an inconvenience. Awesome, man. Aside, aside from that, uh, nice. uh, regular proper celebrities, I've got photos of my wife and I with Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Martin <gasps> Freeman. Oh, no! I'm so jealous! Yeah, that was the link that you oh. put in the group chat, right? Chris just had an attack. Uh. Yeah, I was going to say, if you look at the link I put in the group chat, that's an album. We, we went to the New Zealand premiere of The World's End, year and a half two years ago that's awesome i am so jealous of you right now it was, it was, oh my god that's also a really cool story because they had the world premiere in london but at the time mm-hmm. they were filming the hobbit so martin freeman couldn't make it over to london for the world premiere of the world's end so afterward they had a second premiere in new zealand down in wellington so they flew the rest of the cast of the world's end down there but because they broke the filming of the hobbit for a day for the premiere the cast of the hobbit was there as well <laughs> so that's why that's... benedict cumberbatch was there and the guy who plays thorin and like all of the all of the dwarves were there and that's peter jackson so awesome. was there and because it, it, was, it was a bleak and cloudy and mildly drizzly day in wellington as it tends to be and so there weren't a lot there were probably like 50 people there in total maybe 100 so we were, we were right up front and uh yeah that was, that was pretty exciting <laughs> Dude, props. I'm giving you a, no. like a, a fist pound right now. That's awesome. Sweet. Andy, you wouldn't enjoy this story. So um, at New York Comic Con, it was 2000... Oh, I think it was like 2009, 10. It was the first year Walking Dead Season 1 was being 
teased and premiered. So right. the line was insane. It was pretty crazy because I, I, I don't think New York Comic Con realized how insanely popular the line would be for season one. So it was handled pretty badly. Everyone, by the time the panel started, was really agitated because the line snaked around the entire Jeez. con twice. And there was like a mini riot that broke out. Like people were throwing down ba- like barriers and like, like there was no semblance of a line anymore. But the panel was really awesome. Uh, I was in the back of the panel, so I got first, and I was waiting for my friend uh, while he was was going to the bathroom, and all of a sudden, um, I hear this voice behind me. He's like, excuse me, sir, uh, can you please uh, move? I need to set up the table. I turn around, it was Robert Kirkman. And I was like, uh, I was like, I couldn't, my brain completely blanked out. And then he exchanged, like, brief hellos and stuff. And then he, like, walked off. The dude off, said so, like, we exchanged phone numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and no, I had dinner with him that night. I wish. I wish. Uh, but then he he, he kind of, like, sped walk away to, like, set up his own table. <laughs> which is really weird, because like, he's Robert I like how they're always running Chris, I don't want to meet a celebrity with well, you. Well, he was really... <laughs> Every time you <laughs> have a story, it's like, and he ran away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to love people so much, but... But I come out too strong. So. But I don't know. I had a I had a brief moment with with Kirkman, so it was good. I'll take it to the grave, and then I'll rise up and I'll eat your brains. It'll be great. And that's not the only thing I'll take to the grave. <laughs> you, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> om nom nom nom. Anyway, guys, do cool. we have any comics this week? I don't. I have Andy. Like yeah, three for I meant three to go to the comic shop today, but then I got held up doing something else, so I really couldn't make it. I have some comics. I, I read Batman 43. Uh, I, I'm actually really behind on Scott Snyder's run. I haven't finished Endgame, but I was reading an article about Batman 43, the latest issue. It was introducing a brand new um, Scott Snyder villain. For for Batman, it's like they have like the best rogues gallery, and you know a lot of times it's really difficult to introduce and create a character that's instantly popular. I mean, like you had Jim Lee and Hush. Um, and you had Grant Morrison and the Circus of Strange. And for me, this new villain of Scott Snyder, he's like an insta-fave. So this guy, he's called Mr. Bloom. How Scott Snyder described him, he's like, imagine a villain that's like a living weed. Like he just grows in the cracks of the deepest, darkest crevices of Gotham. And he's just lurking and he multiplies and you can't really kill him. In the, the last issue, there was a lot going on. So just to recap, we already know that Jim Gordon's Batman, and there's a new villain in town, and this is the first time we, we, we get whispers of Mr. Gloom, who's like this a really tall, lanky, Jack Skeleton kind of guy, uh, except he wears a mask with like a weird-looking sunflower motif on it with like tiny Venus flytrap teeth in it. So he's a new power player, and he's basically, he has like a, a vendetta against Jim Gordon during his tenure as Batman. So he's giving all the criminals that Jim Gordon put away these special seeds that give them superpowers. Jim Gordon, is just like, he's on the ropes, and he's trying to piece together this mystery. But at the same time, he's feeling really inadequate because he feels like he's not living up to the true legacy of Batman. Because Batman, he he was a truly an agent that operates outside the law. But Jim Gordon, he's technically part of the police. So there's a lots of limits and, and liberties that he can't take. 
at the end of 42, we, we all thought that Bruce Wayne, Batman, died in this final conflict with the Joker. But then Bruce Wayne shows up working at a, a children's shelter. So in 43, the reader is told that Bruce Wayne, he, he did actually die, but he got revised somehow, and he has absolutely no memory of his life or his training as Batman. And he's like brand new Bruce Wayne. He found peace in working in his children's hospital or in the shelter. Gordon goes to Bruce. He finds out where he works, and he's trying to convince Bruce, like, come on, you gotta help me out. You're connected to the Batman. You can help me out. And, Batman, uh, and Bruce is like, no. My place is here. I'm not. I'm not having any of it. Meanwhile, Clark Kent is trying to bring back Bruce by talking and trying to convince Alfred. But Alfred's like, "No, leave Bruce be. Like he's he's actually happy." Concurrently, we see the machinations of Mr. Gloom, how he's supplying all these gangs and the Narrows, uh, these powerful seeds that give him superpowers. And the last frame. It really shows how creepy and supernatural he is because he's meeting with the penguin and his henchmen shoot him in the head, but he instantly regenerates. And then he has like this weird Lovecraftian form where like he, he can super hyper extend his body and uses claws to extend out and stab people. So we don't know anything about Mr. Gloom, so he's really creepy and he can he's basically like an arms dealer but that sells superpowers, which is really badass. So I love this issue, so I'm really excited to get back into Scott's. Do Sanders you think that he has anything to do with uh, Bruce Wayne coming back to life? Possibly they Scott Snyder he did hint that after the events of Zero Year, Mr. Gloom was working in the shadows all along. There's a possibility I mean, the, the issue is pretty vague and ha on how, like, he was revived. Like, to me, my first thought would be Lazarus Pit. It's always a Lazarus Pit. It's always a Lazarus Pit. But they also mentioned how there was a special chemical that Joker was using during his Endgame run that could have contributed to the total rewiring of Bruce's brain. But there's a lot of mysteries. All the answers uh, apparently will be, will be revealed in the, in the next issue. That's one really long way of saying I'm not sure, but I really dig this new villain. I, I feel that if this villain gets popular enough, he'll probably show up in the Arkham series. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I'm, I'm always happy when there's a new interesting villain because that'll be someone else to beat up in a future Batman game. And it's really cool because like, it's blurring Batman's rogues galleys that are more associated with supernatural horror with like the... Uh, what's, what am I looking for? Mr. Bloom has a lot of range. Like, he's criminal mob kind of villain, but at the same time, at the end of the issue, he's like this weird supernatural villain that can fit in line with characters like, you know, Etrick and the Demon and, you know, John Constantine and Justice League Dark, and I'm just really excited to see what happens next. Cool. Alright, so I think it's time for Kirstie's pick. Okay. Oh, wait, is it, was that the theme song for Kirstie's pick, or...? It sounded like the ghost. Yeah, the ghost. <laughs> well, so my pack is Fight Club 2. <laughs> so I have read Fight Club probably two times. Loved it. Oh, who who writes Fight Club? Chuck Polinick. And his last name is pronounced Polinick, not Palinyak. Or Palat Palat Patchakuk. <laughs> it's not Patchakuk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. a Nick. So, exactly. <laughs> no, we're so... Chuck Hamill Schmammel. Yeah, Chuck Hamill Schmammel wrote this. <laughs> so he's super good. Um, I've read, like, almost all of his books, except 
he he writes them like Stephen King writes them. He just spits them out. So he has a new one that just came out, like honestly, last week. Can't keep up. He also has two nonfictions that I haven't read. Other than that, I've read all of them. Yeah. So he's really good. So I like Stan picked up Fight Club Two for me, and I read them today, and they're really excellent. Um. What? How many issues so far? I read three of them. I don't know. Are there more than three? No, we're up to issue three. No, I know, but are there more than three? No, you're you're caught up. They Why come are they out coming like out once so slowly? Because he's probably or writing seventy-five is this books. One monthly oh. or, or a little longer. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's, it's monthly. monthly. So it's taking three months for three issues. Oh, I thought it was like every week. Like bam, 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 bam. Oh, man, I wish. Bam, bam. I wish all comics were never. Every week. I thought they were all every week. As you can tell, I don't. Well, I don't read the comic books. Talk about like a Batman Eternal. That was a weekly book. That was crazy. Yeah, weekly books are crazy, but um, most mostly they come out once a month. That's why you're on the show, so you get an education. Comics. <laughs> Look at that! Look at that! So usually when I talk about comics on Super Nerd Pals, it's because I don't know anything about them, and I like talk about them out of context, and that's pretty funny. But I know a lot about this, and the first thing I guess I wanted to say about Fight Club 2 is that, like, you wouldn't get it if you didn't read Fight Club. Like, I even think if you saw the movie, you wouldn't really get it as much. Like, you would get it, but not so clearly. So that's one thing. I don't know. Is it supposed to stand by itself? I don't know. No, it's no. definitely a sequel to Fight Club, so... Uh, okay. why, why do you think it's better to have read the book and seen the movie? Because... I don't know. I just think that, like, there's so much more detail and his writing style is, like, sort of similar in the comic as it is in the book. And because I've seen the movie, I read the book first, but because I've seen the movie, like, I couldn't follow Tyler Durden and his, like, good his good regular human person because i kept thinking i was gonna see brad pitt and i didn't see brad pitt and i was like man i should have seen the movie because it's ruining everything i don't know what should i say about it well what's the what's the plot premise where does it pick off in relation to the first book well he's like married to marla this woman that he was doing stuff with in the book and they have this child who's like nine so it's nine years later and so he hasn't been doing fight club stuff he's been chilling having a family and he like went to a psychiatric ward because of his like split personality and he's taking all these pills but his wife isn't happy with him because he likes Tyler Durden better. So she's been, like, taking his pills away and, like, filling them with sugar or, like, replacing them with aspirin. And he's been, like, doing all this bad stuff again, like, setting fires and he, like, kidnaps his own Jeez, child. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, like, doesn't know. The like The, like, good side of him, like, doesn't know. And he's like, who did it? And then he's like, wait, I did it. If, and if, I just... <laughs> if I recall correctly, I think in this comic run, like, the the good side of the narrator, he's calling himself, like, Sebastian. Is that right? Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. I forgot. So, so Sebastian yeah. is he's, Tyler. He's unnamed in the novel, right? No, yeah. he doesn't have a name. Yeah, so... And Chuck in the movie, they always Campbell refer to himself as, like, Jack. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say about the art. I like the art. They do this thing that I don't know how to explain because you can't see my face. <laughs> they do this thing where they, like, juxtapose, like, 3D images over the 2D image in the comic book. Like, they're... I don't know. I think, I know Stan, uh, you mentioned this before. I, I think it was, like, for issue two. You're, explain you're it. You are saying, like, there are like, petals that were... Yeah, off. there's... 
it's in context what's going on in the story. So occasionally, like, for example, there's a page where Marla has a bouquet of flowers that are, like, falling apart. The actual page of the issue will have, like Kirstie said, 3D images of the flower petals covering and obscuring parts of the page. So you don't see, you know, some word bubbles and some faces. And so it looks like it's very meta. It's, like, happening in the comic book, but it's also happening in real life, which I think is interesting and a really unique storytelling choice that I don't think I've really seen in comics so much. So it stands out. Look at that. That's the way. That's the way to explain it. I try. Yeah, and they do it again. They do it again with pills. And I don't know. It, like, changes the voice in your head. That's really cool. Pretty cool. So what's... Is there anything that, that you don't think worked for the book? So at the end of issue three, there's, like, this... I got, like, a little lost. There's, like, this thing where, like, he's back in the fight club and he's, like, having to sacrifice, like, a a college student and the college student's, like, my GPA is only a 3-3 and I'm, like, I don't understand what's happening. Wait, like, 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 like she's on an altar or he's on an altar and they're they're gonna, like, gut her open or... Or sacrifice him on the movie where that scene where the, the Asian clerk is on the ground or on his knees and Tyler Durden has an empty revolver at the on the back of his head it's like it it says like I don't even know I lost the page you can cut this out while I'm looking oh it's fine no worries no it's, it's all gonna stay in there you go. oh great <laughs> okay oh it's like we're putting you through med school on the understanding that you'd meet certain criteria I'm like what are you talking about and he's like my GPA is 3.3 and Tyler Jordan's like, make it a 3.5. And the kid's like, the coursework this term. And I'm like, I don't understand, like, what we're talking about here. Well, that's I don't... that's definitely from, that, that's definitely echoing back, like, the first book in the movie. Uh, there's a similar scene that happens um, in there. I guess I forgot. Yeah. I don't know. I got lost there. I don't know. Other than that. I'm not on my game today, guys. Sorry. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> so would you, would you recommend... Fight Club too? Do you think it's it holds up compared to the first the first book? Do you think is it something you want to keep reading? I think I want to keep reading it because I was lost at the end of the third one. And I would like to keep reading it to know what happens next. And I also think that I would probably like to go back and read the first book because then I feel like I would probably have gotten the last part. But yeah, no I like it. Is it up to par with his other writing? No. No, really? No, because, like, it's... Because it's a comic book, I have mixed feelings on comics bo- books in general. Is it because... <laughs> is it because <laughs> Chuck hasn't done a comic book before, so it's a completely different medium and a different writing style? Or I think you... it's just a different writing style. Like, I think because it's less words and the pictures speak more. I don't know. I don't think... Yeah, it's not as engaging, I guess, because it's not... There's less words but I'm supposed to get that from the pit. It's a comic book thing. I'm Kirstie, uh, you struck me as the type of person who, who likes, like, the theater of the mind kind of thing. Like, you read something, and you, do, like, you like to make pictures in your own head of what's going on based on the on the text. Is that... Yes. Okay. All right, all right, there you go. It's, it's interesting, because I've never been a huge, like, proper Neither book reader. Uh, and, Grant, I've, I, I've never been a big comic guy either, but I've got a lot of manga. I was telling Woo! Chris the other day, I've got, like... Uh, before I sold some, before moving to New Zealand, I probably had like over 600 volumes Jeez. of manga. Holy oh, shit! Was that all yeah. One Piece, or yeah. was that also <laughs> None of One Piece is still actually. going, by the way. <laughs> the the longest series I had were like 36 volumes, and then the rest of them were between 
two and like fifteen. In any case, uh, I had a lot of those, and I like I've loved them. I've always loved manga. Always really enjoy them, and so much more than proper books. And to me, it's the opposite. Like I don't have the theater of the mind. Sometimes I do. Like I've since in recent years, I have read some more normal books but for the longest time like i try and read them and i'm like this is so boring why read the descriptions when i can just look at pictures that show everything <laughs> can i say something funny about that please do so for everyone who doesn't know i am a kindergarten teacher okay and so i'm like in i'm like in graduate school and we like talk about how there's something called high low texts how like for struggling readers now like they give them so many graphic novels and manga and stuff because of the theater of the mind thing like it gets kids engaged in reading that's because cool. they don't have to do that that's awesome it, like, and it like increases comprehension and like there's so many there's been like conferences on like graphic novels there was like a thing at comic-con that we didn't get to go to yeah, yeah that's really cool, cool. Yeah. That's very neat and like as a kid i used to read all the time like i don't know if you guys know boxcar children but I read, like, every yeah. single Boxcar Children book as a kid. I was just somewhere in middle school or high school. I just was like, no, I don't like books. See, I like I've better. never... <laughs> I like spending $10 for something that I can read in 45 minutes. I've never minutes. really liked actual books. And then waiting three and months I've always, um, I've always preferred reading mangas over anything. And then I guess that was my gateway into mm. comics. Because the first comic I picked up was uh, The Walking Dead. And then that gatewayed me. Nice. Nice. So... So you you prefer manga uh, not anymore, comics? not anymore. I used like to in general? at one point, right? But then I found a comic shop, and it was all over from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like uh, Zach and Andy. Like uh, I'm a very visual person, and I I just love art, and I just I could just stare at a piece of art for like all. That's why I I'm so notoriously slow at reading manga and comics because I just spend. Like, yeah, you know, like twenty minutes, just pouring through every single detail of of the art and like the inking and like, oh, how do they yeah. do this? How do they do that? So, I mean, there's there's like there's certain books that I will I'll read, but I started young with comics and then I got sucked into the world of manga and then now I'm just more uh, of a comic person. But I dabble in manga and more anime. Than, yeah, yeah. I just love like the visual medium a lot more. That's that's me. Like, uh, like I said, you know, pay ten dollars for a book you can read in forty-five minutes with manga. But you know, I would usually take two or three sometimes just because I'm looking in the background. And sometimes, like with some, some of them, like you get so far in the series and then you reread it and then you catch things in the background that are like, oh, there's stuff going on back there. That's like something they referred to later on. And like, there's little stuff that you don't notice in the details in the background. And I just really like that. And then there's, like, my brother, he'll read an issue in 15, 20 minutes because he's a speed reader. And then he puts it down and doesn't read it for three years. I'm like, how can you read it so quick? Did, like, did you take any of it did in? You, did you look at it? Did you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. So I, no, I, 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 know I always felt... Sorry. No, I'm good. I'm done. Oh. Um, I always felt, like, kind of half and half. Like, I, I have... Like, um, I like the term theater of the mind because I feel like I have that a lot and I like reading because I'm almost constructing from the words that I read in books my own version of, like, comics mm. in my head or, like, a movie scene and I kind of do the composition and stuff in my mind. But also at the same time, I like switching to comics or manga and I feel like you can get sort of a lot out of both. Mm. There's, like, the art... And there's the 
the kind of writing that goes into a comic book. And I can appreciate that, but I can also, you know, appreciate well-crafted literature. Absolutely. So I, I've always felt like I can kind of move in between. And I don't prefer one or the other, honestly. I feel like they both fill different desires that I have for consumption of, like, media. So occasionally I want to read a book, but sometimes I want to, I don't really want to, like, get into a text. So I'll, I'll like, chill with, like, a comic book that I can, like, pour over the pages and kind of look at the art, and I feel like both serves a good, important role in being a well-rounded reader. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirsty, do you have anything else to add about Fight Club? No. All right. Oh, All right. Get... oh yeah, we're still talking about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Tangents! Woo! Well, I like where this conversation went, because it got very deep. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's so, good stuff. Um, so, it... Would you give your official Kirstie's pick stamp for Fight Club 2? I would. Okay. I would. Nice. Stan, did you read any comics this week? Yeah. Cool. Um, I actually picked up Secret Wars 5. Um, if you want, you can go. Me? I'm not going to keep you yet. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm good. I might want to jump in and let... No, I don't know if I will. We'll see. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm giving Kirstie the, the option to take her leave whenever she likes because as you might have heard from the beginning she doesn't know what the fuck's we're talking about she's she's gonna stay for all of the final fantasy talk and she's gonna understand every bit whether she likes it or not we're we're gonna make her a convert it's gonna be awesome this this is not so much a nerd discussion as an education (laughs) for cursing yeah It'd be like right? a Clockwork Orange, you know. She, we, her, like, we're just gonna project Final Fantasy images straight into her eyelids. Oh, and... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, please don't, please don't. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, Secret Wars. Yeah, so I I picked up Secret Wars number five this this past week, and um, I don't think it's the strongest issue of the series. To be honest, it was very exposition heavy. Past, the past four issues have been really great, and it, it has an almost um, Game of Thrones feel to it. I've mentioned this before. There's like a lot of characters going on. There's they basically sweep across all the battle world to get scenes from the Thors and the Doctor Doom on up top, and then you get the people on the bottom. And when a character dies, they they show the whole in the beginning of every issue. They show the whole cast, and every time somebody dies, it's like a cross. They like cross them off, and it's like this black and white picture with a crossover. So you know that they were part of the game, but now they're out. So I think that's I like how they do that through this series. But this issue really slowed things down, and I don't really want to spoil anything, but I kind of have to talking about this issue. So if if you are not up to date on Secret Wars, feel free to skip a few minutes ahead or read and come back. Anyway, the last issue, Doctor Strange kind of, who is Doctor Doom's, like, um, officer. Um, he's the sheriff of Battleworld. He sends off all the survivors from 616 and the Ultimate Universe across the planet because Doctor Doom is basically coming to kill them. And even though Doom and Steven are like BFFs, basically, Doom sees no option but to kill Steven for what he's doing. And so this issue begins with Steven Jeez. Strange's funeral. Which is, first of all, it's crazy because it's 616 Steven. So he's, he's gone. He's done. But they're dealing with the fallout full, full of that. And... Because of this, like Doom's hold on the planet starts to unravel because his his um 
you know, Valeria, I think her name is, Reed Richards' daughter. She believes that Doom is her actual father, but she starts to question why um, Stephen died and who would have done it. And Doom gets very defensive when she starts asking questions, and she just asks him to... She asks her... He asks her to go find the survivors, which was supposed to be Stephen's job. So she's doing that, and the problem is, is that it goes into a lot of exposition and it starts explaining a lot of what I feel you already know reading the series. If you don't know what's going on in the background of Secret Wars, basically the Beyonders who created all of reality created all these um, molecule mans and they serve as like a conduit for like a reality bomb that was meant to go off and destroy everything. And Doctor Doom found out about this and so he enlists Molecule Man to go across all the different universes and kill all the other Molecule Mans to prevent all of reality from collapsing. And in the end, what they do is Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom team up with Molecule Man to get all the remaining Molecule Men and to detonate them. as like a huge bomb that kills the Beyonders, but it also destroys the rest of reality. So Doctor Doom's left, Doctor Strange's left, and Molecule Man. And they kind of have a debate about who should like construct the new world and steven's like i can't make the choice of who lives and who dies what universes come back what don't so the only person who can make that choice is dr doom so that's why he became you know emperor god doom, god doom. He was the only one who could step oh. up the only person who, who was up to the job was doom so that's why he became who he was in in this new world but you find out that molecule man is essentially I f- they don't explain what he's doing, but I feel like he's, like, the core of the world. He's, like, powering it, like a battery. And so Doom goes down and to talk to him after Steven's funeral. And they go into this whole, like, nonsense about explaining basically everything that you kind of already know. And I feel like it's to catch readers up. So it's basically like a like an anime. It's like that one episode where they just truncate all the past like 13 episodes it's yeah like, it's yeah it's like a stopgap they're like okay yeah. the next three issues are gonna be like some serious shit and the first four issues were some serious shit so we're gonna take this issue to kind of catch our breaths and to make sure you understand what's going on which has has sort of a purpose but i feel like if you had been paying attention you kind of could infer some of these things like we already knew through interactions between steven and doom that um dr strange sort of like passed on the opportunity to become the god of the new universe and Doom took the opportunity so even though it does like a sort of a flashback and you see it happen you kind of didn't need it so it felt like it was in place to just sort of fill time and to catch you up but um, because of that it makes the issue overall weaker for that what I wanted to see was more of what the hell everyone who survived 616 is like doing and they show kind of sort of little panels of what they're doing like for example jane foster thor is infiltrating the ranks of the thors and she's trying to pretend that she's always been a part of the thors even though she just showed up and so i feel like she's gonna play a part in the thors mini soon because just to interrupt you for a sec i'm sorry but uh with jane foster thor do they explain why her other selves are dying and no it's just it's literally like one or two panels of her feeling out of place with the other thors and not knowing what's going on okay which is why i feel like they're gonna go into it in the actual thors series because she's jane foster and all Mm -hmm. the other jane fosters are dying so it has to plan but it kind of sucks that they don't show any of that during the series you know like, I don't know where Spider-Man is, I don't know where Miles is, and you just kind of get glimpses of what they're up to 
when I feel like the issue should have probably been spent showing us what's going on with them instead of explaining to us what already happened, you know? Other than that, you know, it's kind of cool to see Doom, like, in the forefront of the issue and, like, commanding the the scenes or whatever, but not the best. It ends on a cliffhanger because apparently Thanos found the shield, you know, the big wall separating the Marvel zombies from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And he's got this grin on his face, like, ha, 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 motherfucker. Like, because it looks like he's about to break the wall down. They don't really show anything, but he's standing in front of it, and he's got this big grin. So I feel like, you know, obviously, what else is he going to do? Is he going to, like, have tea on the wall? No, he's going to break it down. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I don't like, and I, this, I'm, like, knocking off serious points for this issue for doing this. They put an ad in the book, and I feel like they've done this earlier. They put an ad in the book for issue seven of Secret Wars and showed the cover. Oh, really? Why would you do that issue that's so, five? That's so stu- The only other ads that aggravate me as much as that, they've been doing it in, like, DC books. I, have, I haven't... I I don't know if I've seen it in a Marvel book, but they, it's like a double spread ad yes. for, like, for Twix. Right? For ben Twix. It's like, what the hell? What the uh, hell? About You're, this to me, like, I, hundreds of times. Like, it keeps happening, especially in Justice League. It'll be, yeah. like, the guy from the Backstreet Boys taking up the bottom two, like, panels <laughs> with his Twix bar. And, like, what the fuck are you doing? It's, I, I'm paying three ninety nine or four ninety nine or whatever ninety nine for comics, not ads. Uh, so. Well, so, I don't really mind ads that much. I don't really even see them unless they're taking up half the page. But this whole thing with the spoiling the cover of issue seven and saying, like, coming in September, like... I just bought issue 5. Obviously, I'm going to go buy issue 7, right? Why would I stop in the middle of the fucking series? And all it did was show me a plot point that I didn't want to see, and I didn't want to know was going to happen, you know? Uh, shame on you, Marvel editorial. Yeah. What a faux pas. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like you could li- you can go 1, 2, 3, 4, skip this issue... Six, seven, eight. But if you're a completionist, you're not going to. So you're kind of like out of luck for this issue. But definitely the weakest of Secret Wars so far. So like, how uh, exposition aside, how much further did they push the plot? Like, so you had you had the funeral, Doctor Strange, and you had Thanos about to like break down the shield wall. Is there was it was it just that's mo- it? That's it. Wow. That's what that's how far the plot got. It was like here's his funeral. He sends out his his um his fake daughter to go find the rest of the Marvel people, and Thanos finds this, the wall. All the other pages of the book is explaining shit that you should already know. It's kind of by annoying. just reading Secret Wars. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Stan. Yeah. Maybe, well, that's maybe... my anti-pick of the week. Oh God! So, one banana, two bananas. Um, I'm gonna say three bananas just because Doctor Doom. And because Doctor Doom. Okay. because there is there's a lot of cool um, Doctor Doom Doctor Strange playoff in this issue, and I always welcome that. I just wish that they went into other things than needless exposition. So I think that's it for t- for comics talk. So yeah. let's get into the main event. The nope. reason The reason why Mister nope. Zach Lyons is here. Nope. 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 nope we're not nope. doing that. We're not. We're no. We're not doing that. Oh God. Okay. Not yet. I screwed everything up, didn't I? You did. Okay. That's why editing software exists. Why exactly. did he screw up? What did he do? What did I do? Kirstie wants to talk about The Sims. Oh, yeah. oh that's yeah. right. Video game talk. There you go. I'm sorry. I gotta talk about The Sims. I'm sorry. This is why she came. She didn't come Final for Fantasy my bullshit Sims. about Secret Wars. She didn't come for Chris's bullshit about scaring Bruce Campbell to death. She's here for The Sims. 
I am. So, right. like, should I give background or no? Yeah, give us yeah go ahead. Okay. Take it away. I'm going to give my background again. I've given it before, but I'll give it again. So, I've been playing Sims since it came out. I was eight. And I am now almost 24 and going strong, going strong. And it's like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and because I am a teacher and I've been on summer break, Stan, when he and I like first started dating, I told him that when I was little, I used to play Sims for eight hours. And he's like, oh, she surely she's exaggerating. But I think I played for nine hours last <laughs> week. And he's like, you weren't kidding. I'm like, no. No, I like, I, like don't look up. For reference, what's your total amount of hours in Sims 4. Almost 200 now. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. That's a a good run. That sounds like me playing a fucking RPG. Exactly. Because it never ends. It just doesn't end. You know, you don't, like, beat it. Because it's like, ah! So, let's see. I don't know. Recently, I... Have I talked about camping? I don't think I have. So there's a camping expansion pack, which is okay, it's like whatever and i could tell it wasn't going to be that good because it wasn't that expensive i was like they're not going to put some good stuff in here because it was only like 19.99 and i was like okay so you can like go to this camping ground thing you can like bring your tent whatever they're like you're gonna run into a bear but it's just a lady in a bear suit i haven't found a real bear yet and it's like it's like sad because like they talk, but then all the all the like sins are like a bear, and then they're like tense for three days and like need a bubble bath every two hours, or else like they can't even like go to the bathroom. It's like really strange. Like they get so stressed about this bear, so it's like, <laughs> so it's like whatever. And then what else? <laughs> this bear shit's really bizarre. Yeah, they they're really scared of this bear that isn't a bear, but they like get really upset about it. So that's the camping one. The camping one's eh. Can you then, find, like, Jason Voorhees okay, in the camping this one? New that would be pretty th- cool. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, I came across a sim who was plus size but has um, a six-pack because she's level 10 fitness. This is confusing to me. <laughs> like, really large but has a six-pack. So that was, like, a confusion. And I don't think it's a glitch. I was like, is she pregnant? Like, I, because it was, like, a new family that I had I hadn't created. So I, like, checked all the stuff. I'm like, she's not pregnant. Like, so I don't understand that so much. She was so pictures. big and so ripped. You thought she was with baby. Yeah, I thought she was with baby. I was like, she must be pregnant. She's just with abs. Yeah, no, just abs and, like, large, though. Like, I was like, what? Anyway, and then what else? Oh, there's a wellness one. Oh, it's so cool. There's like a, uh, um, like a spa expansion pack now, and that's cool. You can like build up the wellness skill, which is kind of offensive to anyone who does like yoga or like believes in meditation because when you get high enough in wellness, you can levitate and tr- like um, transport, which so I cool. think is kind of like it's cool, but like. Do the Sims think that, like, people who do yoga can, like, transport? Well, yes, I mean, like, you, you, you unlock your chakra gates, and you become one <laughs> with the universe. I don't know. Well, like, I want to, like, just, I don't know a lot about Buddhism, but, like, when you get to the higher levels, and you're, like, a really practiced Buddhist, you're supposed to be able to have, like, superpowers, and you're supposed to be able to, like you know, transport your, like, mind and stuff. You can use but, Buddhist like, palm and explode mountains, like in Kung Fu Hustle. 
No, Chris, you're wrong. <laughs> no. No. It's just supposed to be like a higher state of being, so I kind of get where that might have been what they were getting at. I get But they do such human shit. Like, when when they, like, transport somewhere, if they transport in front of, like, another sim, they, like, get there, and the other sim's like, ah! like, freaks out, like, runs out of the room. They, like, don't too. know. Yeah, they, like, get... But it's, like, so human. Like, how do they know? How do they, like, program them to do all these things so randomly? Like, I don't know. That's pretty cool. And then my last thing about sims is... There was recently an expansion pack for $9.99. This should have been my first clue that it was going to be shit. So I like, but I bought it anyway. What's a, I what's, can like tell by the price. What's a price point that you would like think this, this expansion is going to be amazing? $29.99 and up. Yeah. And how, bi- how big of a patch is this? Like like 10 gigs of, of, of new <laughs> content? or That's a lot for... No. Actually, I don't know. I, never, I haven't really played Sims. So maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. They've been disappointing me. Oh. There are, like, a lot of packs that I won't buy. Like, there's, like, a patio one. And the only expansion is, like, new floor tiles like new and, like, new wallpapers and hot tub. I was like, this is not worth my time. So I didn't buy that one. But the last one I bought that I was disappointed with came out, like, honestly this week, I think. And it's <laughs> called Cool Kitchen Stuff. And I bought it because it was, like... It was like you can make ice cream. There's like an ice cream machine. And I'm like, cool. So I make this ice cream, right, in the machine. And you can choose the garnish, you can choose the toppings, and you can choose if you want it to be on a cone or in a cup. But then you can't fucking put it in the fridge. What kind of bullshit is that? I was like, what am I going to do? So then, like, it went bad, you know, and I had to throw it away. And it also occurred to me, like, if you don't put it in the fridge and you don't want to waste it, you have to eat all of it. But one of my sims is in the bodybuilder profession and can't get fat. So, like, she had one ice cream, and then I felt <laughs> guilty for her. So then I put her on the treadmill for five hours because I felt bad. So then I just wasted all my money. Just like real life. <laughs> Yeah, it's like real life. I was like upset. I like your like no nonsense real talk take on DLC because it applies to like all DLC for all video games. It's like nine eighty nine. This is shit. You can tell because of the price. It's like you can apply that to anything. Yeah. I want you to like just review random DLC for like games that you don't even play. What is, what is that? <laughs> Download content. Oh. So it's like okay. like you do with The Sims. Yeah. So it's just like. The new Batman expansion is shit because it's six ninety nine. I don't care who the fuck you play as. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're coming out with a cool new one called I don't know what it's called, but like it's like a <laughs> it's like a it's like a social situation one. They're like giving you new venues to go to and like cool new things. You can like be a DJ. Like and what's the first point of that? So that's cool. I don't know yet, but I think it's gonna be more than nine ninety nine. I'm feeling it's it. It's gonna right be ten ninety nine, right? I feel like, no, no, maybe even fifteen ninety nine. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. But like you, have you bought you bought a, like a, a more substantial expansion pack of The Sims, right? Not The Sims Three. The Sims Three is like petering it out like a little. That's one of my criticisms about this. Oh, it's The Sims Four. Sorry, that's one of my criticisms about The Sims Four is that like they give you like nothing. They give you nothing to start with, and then they, like, give you a little at a time, and then I'm, like, an addict, you know, so I have to buy all of them, and then I'm, like, well, you just gave me, like, one item, so. Kirsten, they they got you hooked. I know. Wah, wah. So are you, like, in a, like, a love-hate relationship now with The Sims? No, it's still love, but, like, 
I find myself, like, I don't know if you've had this video game experience, but you're, like, six hours in, and you're playing, and you're, like, not even really liking it anymore. It's like you're just going through the motions, but you're like, I can't stop right now because I have to do this thing. But you're not really liking it. You're just, like, sitting there. Speaking <laughs> of Final Fantasy. Hey! Oh, oh, <laughs> or any RPG where you grind for a lot. For uh, me, it's Kingdom Hearts 2 right now. I put that shit down for, like, four okay. months. I'm probably gonna go back to it because I can't beat Terra. Oh, that is like the worst boss battle in all of it's existence. Not... Oh, the in the the um, uh, is that the yep. 2.5 remix or the final mix version? Right. Yeah. yeah okay. I was like, Terra's not in. I was just joking, by oh, yeah. the way. I love Final Fantasy. <laughs> I mean, that's why we're having a Final Fantasy cast. That's why Zach's is here. Yeah. Zach is like yeah. a fucking <laughs> Final Fantasy master. Yeah. Indeed. Like Chris has been talking me up, and I'm like. Uh, I've been playing a lot of these games for the first time. <laughs> so, um, so I guess this is a good segue into the Final Fantasy portion of our show. I love segues. Segues. All right, so I guess a good place to start is go around and ask everyone what what's their history with Final Fantasy. What was your first game? And Zach, you want to start? No, th- that sounds great, Kirsty. <laughs> what was your first Final yeah. Fantasy? Oh, yeah. Your first experience? Yeah. Okay, Kirsty, do tell. Wait. So it's, <laughs> no, it's Zelda. <laughs> I, it's, <laughs> never mind. Okay, is Final Fantasy the one? No, it's Kingdom Hearts. Like I honestly don't. Like I can't think of what hey, Final hey, Fantasy. If you know is. Kingdom Hearts, you know something of Final Fantasy. Yeah, is Final Fantasy the one with the friends, that's, the Disney friends? Kingdom Hearts. Um, it's half one. of that. It's half. That's Kingdom everyone who's not Disney is basically Final Fantasy. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom it's Hearts. Disney plus Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's Kingdom okay. Hearts. Okay. So. so I don't know. I've heard the name before, and I actually like don't know anything else about it. And when you say Final Fantasy, I think about <laughs> Zelda, which I think I have for the Nintendo 64. Very possibly. But that's it. Yeah, but um, that's that's it. Well, so can, talk about Kingdom Hearts then. Me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know anything about it. I just know I've seen the commercials. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's it. King, that's all. There might be Kingdom Hearts news coming at D23 this weekend. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts yeah. is coming out when we're 40. Um, that's right. You know, it's been a... <laughs> Tetsu and Nomura, what are you doing? Hey, hey, at least he's not on 15 anymore, so he can focus on Kingdom Hearts 2. That's true, yeah. Oh, wait, but then yeah, he's they... working on Final Fantasy Remake as well. Well, at least he can focus on that after Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Oh, wait, he's part of other things, too, that I can't remember, but I heard of something else <laughs> that he's doing recently. He's the yeah, man well, never least... stops. He never stops. He never stops. At least for 15, like, we have an end goal in sight, sort of. They they, re- they were talking about it sometime this week where um, Final Fantasy 15 is supposed to get a simultaneous world release sometime yep. in 2016. I mean, they didn't yep. narrow down a month or a day, but it's going to be no, they, 2016. They said, yeah, they said it'll be before 2017, <laughs> quote-unquote. <laughs> before 2017. That's, that's so fucked Which up. Is, that, that's the, they didn't say... It's in 2016. They said before 2017. So oh, I did not hear that. All right. <laughs> I mean that that's that's something. <laughs> that's something. It's more. It's uh, the best uh, release window we've we've been given in the last ten years. So, well, Zach, that gives you plenty of time to marathon through the rest of the the games. So you want to talk yeah, about your marathon project? Sure. So last year, uh, after after they announced that uh, with Final Fantasy Type O HD. When that was coming out this year, and they were going to have the Final Fantasy 15 demo with it, you know, playable demo, mm-hmm. people can play in their homes, have access to, actually be able to experience the game, aside from trailer and an event. 
for a game that's been by and large in development for nearing a decade that's like a yeah. huge step that's like you know after people were hyped for it and then they didn't care and it kind of became vaporware and then it came back as 15 yeah like, remember remember back in the day where it was like it was called like final fantasy 13 versus, versus 13. Agito or something like that yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a whole different thing it was a whole series it was uh and E3 2006, they announced the Fabulanova Crystallis, like, sub-series of Final Fantasy. And that was mm-hmm. supposed to contain Final Fantasy 13, Final Fantasy Agito 13, and Final Fantasy Versus 13. Mm-hmm. Agito 13 went on to become Final Fantasy Typo, which was a PSP game in Japan that never came to the U.S. And Versus uh... 13 is what eventually became uh, 15. It's so, like the whole 13 world, you know, they just did a 13 trilogy instead, and it's the Fabulanova Crystallis thing has just become kind of nothing. There's still ties, yeah. like in Final Fantasy Typo, there are mentions of, like, Lissie and Falsy and stuff like that, like in Final Fantasy 13. So there are still some ties in the lore, in the world and stuff, but by and large, it's not really a thing anymore. But, mm-hmm. um... In any case, when they announced that there was going to be an episode Deske, the demo for 15, coming out, I was like, you know, it was reassuring people that this game was happening, that it was actually being worked on and focused on, and just after so long, it's finally coming out sometime in the not too distant future, hopefully. We'll, we'll, still, been... we'll still be alive when we'll, we'll, yeah. and somewhat yeah, young when it comes out. <laughs> it's still happening, and it's coming, and they're working on mm-hmm. it, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But because of that, like, because it's been so long in the making, and there's so many Final Fantasy games that I'd heard about that I'd never played that were so good, like 4 and 6 and stuff, because I started with 7. I'm in that unfortunate camp that started with 7 and has the rose-tinted glasses on it. <laughs> I mean, you the first Final Fantasy is the one you started with, and as long as you experience this amazing franchise and I mean you have the rest of your life to go around and yeah. try to experience the other ones so I mean I don't want to diss anyone you know based on their first pref- first experience no no and not- to be honest go ahead my first Final Fantasy was 7 and it's like one of my least favorite Final Fantasies that's, so. a, that's a rare trait Just hold <laughs> on to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean I say unfortunate camp because, like, I know the Final Fantasy VII fan base is kind of rabid and insane. Yes, it was my first game, and yes, it is one of my favorites. But I, I understand that you know I understand that there are bad parts about it. It's not super high quality, but it was my gateway into the rest of the world, into RPGs in general. It was my first mm-hmm. ma- like big RPG that I played, and from there, I just that's one of my favorite genres now. Cool. But at the end of last year, when they announced uh, the demo was coming out, I was like, you know, I'm really pumped for this game. I still don't think we're going to see it for another year, year and a half. I want to try the rest of the games. Because I'd played 7, 8, 9, 12, 13, part of 10. But I never tried, I never played any of the early ones. I never played the MMOs. And going into 15, I wanted to have like a further, deeper appreciation for the series than I already had had, just because I'd only played the modern one. So I made it a goal to play through Final Fantasies 1 through 14 in a year's time. Working a 9 to 5 job, <laughs> 5 days a week <laughs> and having a social life. And, and now you know, you're going to have a kid soon, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, now being pregnant, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... What's it like being pregnant, Zach? <laughs> it's 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 not too bad. You know, I don't know what these ones are complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Nah, nah. No, it's that my wife's actually had a pretty decent time with it. Hasn't had nearly as many problems as some people do with sickness and whatnot. So right now I'm playing Final Fantasy IX. It's what is Hell yeah, Final Fantasy IX. 
Oh, also, uh, playing all the games in a year, that's also not playing for the entire month that I was gone in July, because I was on holiday. So really, it's playing 14 full Final Fantasy RPGs in Jeez. 11 months. Yeah, I remember following your um, your blog posts for Save Continue, which is yep. the website you're doing this through, and yep. it was like June? I think June you were playing FFA? Am I, am I, yeah. Do yep. I have that date great? Yep. Yeah, That's you correct. blew right through it, and it just seemed like the month passed by, and then all of a sudden I saw your blog post about FFA already. I was like, what? He, he was just talking about 7 well, before. Well, I, I post a blog every week. I've missed one week. Uh, there's only been one week since the beginning of the year that I haven't posted, aside from my holiday, and that was because it was E3, and <laughs> if you guys remember, Dude. we were all pretty busy during E3. You were so hardcore on E3 <laughs> news. But, like, speaking of Final Fantasy, you broke the F7 remake news instantly, and you got, I don't know, like 500 degrees on N4G? That was, that was, was a lot. It, that was the highest I've yeah. yeah. But um, there's yeah. one of my friends that was at the show floor, and I was talking to him, and I was like, man, I've heard these rumors flying around, but I don't, you know, we've heard all these rumors before about Final Fantasy 7 remakes, and yeah, you know, I'm not even, like, getting hyped because it's nothing, it's not gonna happen. And he's like, no, I'm here, I've talked to people. It is happening. And he was like, he told me, 7 Remake is happening, Shenmue 3 is happening, Last Guardian is happening. And this was hours before the press conference. He's mm-hmm. just like, I've talked to people, this is happening. And I'm like, what? 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 Fan- no, shut up. E- shut up. E- E3 fanfiction? Do what? <laughs> don't do that. Shut up. You don't tell me these things. And I was just like, I couldn't, I, I wanted to believe type of thing, but I didn't want to get all excited. Be let down. And, but because of the time zone difference, I'm here in New Zealand. When the press conference happened, I was sitting at work in my cubicle. I think I probably worked about 20 minutes that entire <laughs> hour day. I couldn't that get was anything me too. done. I'm sitting there in my chair just, oh my god, like freaking out in my mind in my chair. And like, I can't express this with any of my workmates because they're all, you know, drones of the <laughs> corporation. <laughs> Yeah, that was me too. I, I was uh, watching on my phone or streaming it, and I just that Sony press panel was like literally like one of the best things I've ever. I mean, the the Bethesda panel was pretty hardcore too, but wow, Sony just brought the thunder throughout all of them. Uh, but that was the one that definitely was the yeah. the big <laughs> trifecta. Did you guys see the game trailers reaction video? Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite with the guy like standing <laughs> on the chair what are you doing e3 uh it's, it's so funny like their whole stream is so funny one of them starts it's crying nah, it's exciting and uh actually like 20 minutes ago i saw a new post go up saying that sony's holding playstation experience again this december like they did last year and if you'll remember the end of the final fantasy remake trailer says oh more information coming in december or in winter so i expect that there will be something more in at the PlayStation Experience this year. Very cool. I haven't heard much news about at the FF7 remake recently. I mean, we just had we just came off of GamesCon. Yeah. Some of the news I I found um, they said that the F- FF7 remake will not use the same engine in FF15. Yeah, so which makes me concerned because if they're gonna build a new engine from scratch, like how long is that gonna take? And... Well, they they didn't say that they're gonna build a new engine from scratch. They just said it's not gonna be the fifteen well, engine. Square. Yeah, th- so Square I don't know what other also, engine they would do like, or use. When they first did the uh, the one point five remake, they lost all the data for Kingdom Hearts one, which is fucking ridiculous if you ask me. And they had to rebuild the entire game on a new engine. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure that didn't hinder and, any time. And that, that wasn't a big team, yeah. and they managed fine. 
it's different from just an HD thing because they are redoing it all. But I mean, I think they've learned from versus 13 slash 15 that they don't they can't make a new engine from scratch and hope to have it in a timely manner because they tried building what was it the Luminous engine or something like that? Yeah, the FF15 is the Luminous engine. Is it or was it? I think is it. Okay. What, whatever it was, they were using one before that they used for Agni's Philosophy a couple years ago, and uh, that was the tech demo they had. At one of the I think Tokyo Game Show a few years back, and that looked phenomenal. That tech demo, but that was what they were ta- they were tooting it because they're saying, "Oh, we're going to use this for Final Fantasy Versus 13." But it was one that they were building in house, and Versus 13 was already like six years in production at that point, or whatever. And it just took so long. And then at that point, they started changing it over from PS3 to PS4. And they changed it from their in-house engine to a pre-established engine that they didn't have to fiddle around with. And I just feel like they've learned, they should have learned their lesson by now to use something that's already established. Don't make your own engine. Use something that people have already made and have available. But we'll just see. Question for you, Zach. Yeah, shoot. So what's it like going from the beginning and playing through all these old RPGs? Is it like, is was it difficult for you to get into them because they're like you know, 2D and sprite-based and kind of, like, outdated a little bit. Yes and no. It's it's really interesting because the most difficult ones to get into visually are, surprisingly enough, the PlayStation era. Because that's when, you know, it makes the jump from 2D to 3D. There's the polygons, which at the time is amazing. You know, it's such a big jump forward in technology. But it doesn't hold up. On the other hand... Final you know, Fantasy VII, case in point. Exactly, exactly. You know. like that, that game, I still really enjoy it for the story, for the gameplay, but it looks like complete. The cinematic <laughs> still look neat, but you wouldn't call it, you know, good CGI. I don't know, like, there are scenes with the cutscenes with the weapons, like the ultimate weapons and stuff like that, that are still really cool, but it's, it's, it's so tough to look at. I know people who have tried playing Final Fantasy VII in the last couple of years for the first time, and they just can't get into it because it's so jarring to look at. But yeah. then, on the flip side, there are modern games like Shovel Knight or like Dragon Fantasy or other things like that that are pixelated that you know pay homage to the old school pixels and the SNES and the NES days. And so that style is still very much alive and well today. It looks nicer than it did back then, but it still doesn't feel very difficult to get into the old games. I agree that seven like aged like milk. Yeah. But I feel like nine, nine, nine yeah. isn't so bad. No, it's not. Nine, nine still holds up. Like nine is so underrated, and it's like time and again we like so many people say it's it's like a giant love letter to all the previous Final Fantasies. It was it was the last one for the for the PSX, and I I I, I play FF nine like religiously all the time. I I can't tell you how many times I replayed it, but the graphics still hold up. I think it's probably one of the most visually beautiful ones out there. Final Fantasy uh-huh. IX is really, really great and interesting to play through right now. I've I've played and beat nine once before. I've started playing it multiple times and probably not gotten past disc one or something. That's how it is with all of them. Like I've played I've played and beat nine and twelve once, eight, probably twice. But all of them I've started playing several times, and I just, oh, I've beat this before, I get sidetracked by something else. So it's really mm-hmm. great to play them all through again. So I played one through six for the first time, played seven for like the 20th time, eight <laughs> for the third or fourth time, and nine for the second time right now. And nine is probably the most interesting out of all of them to replay, because, you know, I, I've always known that it's like a love letter to the rest of the series. But it, there's so many things I'm catching that I never did before because I hadn't played one through six. 
like throw. So you're picking up Easter eggs and not and not yeah. references and not. Yeah, there's a part I just played yesterday on disc two where you've got Zidane, Garna, and Vivi, and like you've just escaped Alexandria. Beatrix and Steiner and Freya stayed behind to fight the the army and stuff so you could get away. And Garnet's idolins have all been pulled from her, so she doesn't have any summons anymore. And you come across Ramu in, I forget what the place is called, but Pinnacle Rocks. You come across Ramu in Pinnacle Rocks, and he is like, oh, I'll join you, but you have to prove yourself worthy. As opposed to a typical fight, like in previous games where you get summons, this he has you find pieces of a story and put the story together. So you find the pieces of the story. The story is talking about a soldier named Joseph who joins this team's cause, and he helps them fight through a snow cave and defeat an Adamantois, and they, they emerge victorious, but on their way back to town, you know, they encounter a trap, and Joseph sacrifices himself to, make the, to let the party go free. And he leaves his, his daughter, Nellie, alone. You know, she, they, were their fa- they were the only family they had, and now she's alone. And I'm like, this all sounds so familiar. And sure enough, I looked up the character Joseph from Final Fantasy II, and that's something that happens. Like, that whole story that you put together in Final Fantasy IX is a segment, like an entire chapter from Final Fantasy II. Joseph's a temporary wow. party member. He joins your party. You go to the snow cavern. He has the transportation to the snow cavern. You fight the Adamantois boss. You come out. He protects you guys from a trap. And you go tell Nelly, hey, sorry, your father died. And it's a really wow. sad moment. But it's... I would never have put that together before because I never played Final Fantasy 2, but now that I played it just a few months ago, I was like, that's really cool! Like, that's such an awesome throwback! I wouldn't have known. You know, people who had only played the Final Fan- or the PlayStation era games wouldn't have known. So, yeah. it, it's stuff like that that's really cool to pick up on now that I've played the earlier games. And what's great, I mean, you have some really obvious nods, and you have those super obscure nods. I mean, like, Vivi, of course, she's modeled after, like, the classic Black Mage cast, yeah. and Garnet's costume, like, when you first meet her, that's based on, like, the classic White Mage skin. And then you have you have your story right there, which is, you know, something in it for for all fans, like, amateurs and veterans. So that's, that's, that's really wonderful to hear, like, how much care and love and effort. So. Yeah, yeah, there, there are other little nods, like, uh, there's the buster sword is hanging up in a weapon shop somewhere and you talk to someone next to it and they're like heard that some uh guy with spiky hair used to use this or something like you know that's obviously final fantasy 7 so some uh subtle nods and some obvious nods but it is really cool playing it and it's also nice because it's like that game in between sandwich between 7 and 8 and 10 that's not done by tetsuya nomura for the characters it's like the Wind Waker of Final Fantasy because Wind Waker is given a lot of flack for having such childish-looking graphics and cartoony-looking. Final Fantasy IX, same, you know, kind of crap slung at it when it was revealed because it didn't look as serious as previous games, as 7 and 8. But, uh, I mean, like, Wind Waker is, like, a beloved game now, so, I mean, yeah. But Wind Waker and Final Fantasy IX are probably my two favorite games from those two series, besides Majora's Mask, but, you know. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, what's your what's your favorite so far? Like, I, of I've, the Final Fantasy. I've been uh, as I complete a game in my weekly roundups, I've been ranking them. And mm-hmm. let me let me just check my current ranking at the end of Final Fantasy VIII is seven, five, six, four, eight, three, one, two. So seven is my favorite, followed by five out of those ones. 
Right. Man, you really hate two. Like. <laughs> two was not great. It was so difficult because two. Do any have any of you guys played Final no. Fantasy two? No, I haven't. I played it like briefly on. Um, I think the Game Boy Advance. It came with one and two. Yeah. So yeah. Dawn of Souls. Yep. It it doesn't have the traditional level up system, where you know you fight a battle, you gain experience, and you level up. There are no levels in Final Fantasy two. Your stats raise periodically, frequently, but you don't gain experience. And what it is, and it's it's something that people have used to break the game, basically. If you get hit, your defense and your HP will go up because, oh, you, you've sustained damage. You need better defense. If you use the cure spell, your cure spell will level up. If you attack, your power will go up. So the things that you use, or the things used against you, will determine what levels up. And so, but it doesn't matter how you sustain the damage. So I can attack, I can go into the beginning starting area of the game, fight the weakest monsters in the world. They're not going to even bother me, I'll just leave them. But I'll attack my own party, and like if I attack, 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 kill, then they've just gotten a lot more HP and defense because I've attacked them a lot. And now I use revive on them. Oh, my revive is going up. And so you can just spend hours fighting weak enemies in single battles grinding yourself up and it's so stupid I hate it well <laughs> again people use it people say 2 is one of the easiest games because you can just exploit that so much I hate it it's awful I mean it, in theory it sounds cool it sounds a little bit like Skyrim where you're like you'll throw off a spell and that that skill will raise yeah. but I guess it's too easily exploitable well in all right. honesty yeah. I didn't like Skyrim that much I didn't I didn't you don't like Western um, RPGs, period, though. I haven't played Skyrim. No comment. I don't know about not liking Western RPGs. It was just something about Skyrim that I couldn't get into. So, uh, Zach, you, you rank 5, like, your second. Yeah. So, why do you like 5 so much? I'd never played it before. Like I said, I'd never played 1 through 6 before. And I'd always heard so many good things about 4 and 6. And I feel like 5 was has always gotten the the unjust short end of the stick because 4 and 6 were brought over to the states 5 wasn't like on the SNES the, before the Playstation era the only ones that we had in the US were 1, 4, and 6 so 2, 3, and 5 all went kind of under the radar but 5 I feel like one of the things that I got fed up with in 4 was the constant changing of party members it's like whenever you go somewhere you have a set group in your party you, know, you go here and you've got Cecil. Oh, now you've got Pelham and Porham on your team. Now you've got Edward. Oh, now they've gone off this way. Now you're going off this way. You've split up, so there's only two teams or two members in your party. Oh, now you found two new guys. Oh, now one's gone and sacrificed. Like it's always changing. Whenever you find you you level your team up to beat this area's boss, after you leave that area, your team changes, and you have to level up new people, and it's so annoying to me. The game itself is mm, that sounds aggravating. Yeah. The game itself is really good. I really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. But I hated how frequently it forcefully changed up your party. And after that, 5 was a breath of fresh air because there's four characters the whole way through. Except there's one point where one of them dies and is replaced by someone else and they take on the role of the abilities from the person who died. So they start at their level with their abilities. So you've got the core team, instead of trying to give half-assed backstories to eight or nine people, you've got four or five team members that it focuses on and it's able to flesh them all out really well. 
And it's got Final Fantasy III start introduced the job system, which has been seen in other games since then. And it was okay, but Final Fantasy V took the job system and enhanced it, grew it, made it bigger and better. There were like twice as many jobs as there were in three. There are more options of customization. Like if you if you're a white mage and you learn cure and then you switch to a black mage, that in Final Fantasy III that means you've just got strictly black mage abilities now. But in Final Fantasy V you've got two open slots which you can use other learned spells from. So if I, I can switch to White Mage, learn Cure, switch to Dragoon, have Cure, and learn Jump, and then I can switch to like a Bard, and my Bard can use Jump and Cure. So it that sounds fucking that's, cool. That's badass. And with, there's like 20 or 25 different jobs available. Some of them are great, some of them are awesome, some of them are mediocre but have really good spells. So if you're willing to grind a little bit, which if you're playing Final Fantasy, or if you're playing Final Fantasies, you're grinding. Let's face it. Um, Random battles! Yeah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> So, yeah, it's, it's, I just thought it was really good. The, the, the worst part about it was probably the, the final boss was a big tree. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit unexpected and out of nowhere. Like, it's the guy that you've been following around the whole game. He is the final boss. It's not like a twist where it's like, Oh, I've been pulling the strings all along, like so many of them. It, the guy that you think is the enemy is the enemy. But he's not really a person, he's like a spirit of a tree. But, <laughs> aside from that, like, it introduces Gilgamesh. This is the first game with Gilgamesh, which is like a... Oh, uh, Gilgamesh. Character. And, uh, I don't know, I just, I really enjoyed it. It was an unexpected gem. Again, it's been overshadowed for years because 4 and 6 have always got the spotlight from being those games that kids played in the NES days, or SNES days, because 5 wasn't released at that time. So, you're a gem. <laughs> You're really our gem. Yeah, oh, thank yes. you. You're you're a crystal. You're like one of the the, oh, the yeah, yeah, fable crystals that that give that give all of life to to the world of Gaia and Terra. Oh uh, wait, how, how? Oh, I'm sorry. No, you can go first. Oh, I was just gonna ask Zach, like, how far into FF9 are you at the moment? Uh, well, like I said, just yesterday I did that part with getting Ramu, so I'm not too far from there mm -hmm. right now. I just, okay. this morning before before starting the recording, I stopped at the Outer Continent. Cool. So I have, I have a question about your Final Fantasy future. Yes. Are you planning to play 11 and 14? Is that like on your slate even yes. though they're online games? Yes. I'm not an MMO guy. What? I'm not a fan of MMOs for the most part, but I'm gonna subscribe for a month of each. Right. So about a month. I Final Fantasy XI is probably the most I've ever played of a game in my entire life. Yeah. I spent an entire summer playing yeah. Final Fantasy XI. Awesome. I got hopelessly addicted. I have thirty-six days nice. playtime. Awesome. Wow. Not thirty-six like hours, right, right, right. but like twenty-four times thirty-six, 36 yeah. days. Awesome. That's epic, man. That entire summer was spent in Final Fantasy XI. That's eight hundred. I woke up. I played eight hundred sixty-four hours. Wow, you're like a math wizard. I GG. Calculator. On <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, I would like wake up wizard. in the morning and play Final Fantasy eleven until it was time to go to bed, and I did that in the entire summer between junior high and high school because nice. I was changing friends, and so I didn't know anybody. So I was like, this is the perfect time to play a game. Fair enough. And lose myself. 
Stand up. What was your What was your main character? Was it a dragoon or a fighter? It was a red mage, and I subbed white mage, and that was um. So I I liked I picked the red mage because you can and when you start you can you have access to black magic, white magic, and sword skills. Okay. Nice. So I was like, fuck it, I'm 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 ready. I'm perfect. I got all, I got all my skills in a row. I can do whatever nice. I want. Once you once you start playing, you start to realize that the red mage is more of a support character. Mm. And he's he's a jack of all trades, so he does everything okay, but he doesn't do anything that really well. well. Sure. So you, yeah, you don't want to be on the front lines. You want to be more back towards where the other mages are. Right. And you, you're basically doing uh, buffs and debuffs. That's your main role as a as a red mage. So you'll you'll throw out some poisons. You'll buff your party. Right. And depending on what class you subbed, that that determines your role further. So I wanted to do um, white mage because even though black mage will like give you more access to stronger spells and more debuffs. Um, Subbing white mage gives you more, basically makes you a stand-in healer. So once the white mage of the party needs to take a break, or if, if he's in danger, you can step in and do some like secondary spells to sure. like, keep your party alive. So I fell into that that utility role where I can like jump in where I need it. The black mage needs help I can throw up some some black magic or yeah. white magic so that was the most versatile class and even though I unlocked every class and I played to level 10 with each one so that's how much I played that fucking game Nice, but I played red mage the most. That's, that was my class. That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> it's going to be interesting because uh, with Final Fantasy 11 and Final Fantasy 14 I, I know MMOs have so much content and like ff11 it's been around longer than world of warcraft final fantasy 11 today is not final fantasy 11 12 years ago just like final fantasy 14 when it first released you know completely different game from a realm reborn uh, and i know i know that much but it's still like i want to give them both a shot and i know a month is not going to be long enough to get the true experience but it'll be approximately as long as i'll have spent with like how i'm going to do it is by the time I get to 11, I'm going to average out the amount of time, playtime I have in 1 through 10, and try and get at least that much time throughout the month playing it. So probably 30 to 40 hours. Well, um, Zach, if you need like a partner when you when you go into 11 and 14, you just let me know, and we can roll we can roll deep when, when in, I, in the world. And when I'm nearing the end of 13, I will be making posts on Facebook and Twitter to uh, call out, to ask for people to join with me. Uh, we're going we're gonna to make a party. We're going to make a clan. We're going to make a clan. We're going to go raid dungeons and, you know, ride chocobos. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Kirsty, you can join us in the random battles. Or she does not want to join anybody in the random battles. I have to start heading out, so, unfortunately. Sure. Andy, we'll miss you. And you want to you wanna tell us where we can uh, reach you in case we need to You can reach me out on Twitter at SweetJustice1. That's O N E. Sweet. Later, guys. All right. Later's. See you next week. Hey, Andy. Going with your Final Fantasy future, like, what do you expect to get out of fifteen? Um, like, what are your expectations? And uh, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to? And and after you finish fifteen, what what's what's left? I feel well. One of the questions a lot of people have asked me as as uh, going for what's left is. Am I playing like the sequels, like 13-2, Lightning Returns, 10-2, Final Fantasy IV, The After Years, and I'm not doing any of those. I'm just strictly doing the, the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 
because mm-hmm. I don't have enough time. There's not enough hours in the day for me to do that while I'm doing my normal life as well. Just 1 through 14. And then I'll do a follow-up on it next year when 15 releases as like a review slash live play. You know, maybe because I have an Xbox One, I'll probably play it on Xbox One and stream it. As for what I ha- want to get from 15, it's it's difficult to say because I really enjoyed Episode Deske, the demo. I thought it was really, really good. There are, you know, a few problems which they've addressed in the the update that they released for it a couple weeks ago. But I'm really, really... I, th- I think one of the things I'm looking forward to most is seeing how they do the summons. Have either of you guys mm. played Episode Deske? Uh, I haven't. I, I read up all the news about the demo, but I actually haven't played it yet. Okay. I played it. Um, I had a few little issues that I mentioned on the show. Like, for example, you'll get... You fight enemies in the field, yep. but then you'll keep fighting those same enemies and they all looked exactly the same sure. and they keep coming after you and so there was this moment where I'm in the caves and I'm fighting these like gnome creatures yeah, like the goblins and they just yeah they keep coming and they keep looking exactly the same and they keep poisoning me Yeah, and I was like losing my mind because every time I turn a corner there'd be another guy with another poison ready sure. to fuck me up and I'm like I can't do this like I preferred the random battles even though I, I really like fighting enemies on the field in 14 and 11 and 12. And I just Kingdom Hearts? couldn't handle it in this game. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. I couldn't, like, handle it because they kept coming with these stupid potions yeah. and um, poison. Yeah, it, but, it's interesting because, you know, it is much more a Kingdom Hearts open world feel than it is traditional Final Fantasy. Yeah. And they've said they're going to redo the Final Fantasy 7 battle as well because, like, the kind of turn-based stuff just doesn't... It, it doesn't keep people's attention like it used to. Uh, it's a different yeah. ga- it's a different world of gaming these days, and so they have to you know just evolve the fights as gamers evolve and whatnot. But I I think it's fine. I just want less goblins. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I just I, after seeing Ramu in the demo, I was so blown away by that. I thought that was phenomenal, and I'm really excited to see things like Ifrit and Bahamut and Shiva, like other classic ones, new ones, whatever. I'm just how they did the summon was so cool. I thought, and I want to see more of that. I feel like so much of the the story is still so clouded and under wraps, and because so much of the stuff that we've seen in trailers over the years has changed, his dad's model has changed. They've dropped Luna, or they've dropped Stella and added in Luna. They, they've changed so many aspects. People's attitude, like characters' attitudes and personalities, have changed over the years. And so I think so much of it is still unknown. I don't know, they, they said they're going to start showing it a lot more from Gamescom. And they had a new trailer at Gamescom. They'll ha- be at PAX Prime. They'll be at Tokyo Game Show. And then releasing sometime in 2016. Yeah. So I feel like they've still got a lot to show. But, I don't know, like something I mentioned, I posted on Facebook recently, something I saw that was, they were talking about the antagonist. We have no idea who's going to be the antagonist, who the bad guy's going to be, what his you know beef is going to be with the world. But, and on one hand, I think it'll be great to save that for the game, just leave some mystery, let us learn about that in the game. On the other hand, they've talked him up already. We don't know who it is or why they are, but they've mentioned how he's supposed to be, like, the best villain of any Final Fantasy game, meaning, like, better than Kefka in 6, better than Sephiroth in 7, better than, you know, Sin in 10, you know, better than everyone in every Final Fantasy. They're supposed to be the best villain in any Final Fantasy to date, and I'm like, that's a really, really steep claim, you guys. You haven't yeah. teased him at all. You haven't shown us anything of this villain, but you're talking him up so much. That's a pretty big, bold statement. Um, yeah. I mean, you're you're like you're competing said, with what, like... Oh, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's like I said, I, I want to know more about the villain, but I want to find out in the game as well. 
So it's a double-edged sword there. You know, I feel like so many games show so much in the trailers that you barely have anything to... Like, there's barely anything new in the game itself when you play it, so I really want that feel of mystery and wonder and, like, seeing it all for the first time. And it'll be interesting. Any other thoughts about 15, or...? I think that's about it right now, yeah. Cool, cool. So, originally, we wanted... Well, we've been doing or experimenting with a, a new segment on the show called Death Battle, where we pick our favorite characters, or random characters, and pit them in a, uh, a battle royale, see who wins. So, I don't know if we still have enough time to do a quick death battle, or maybe pin it, put a pin in it, and Zach, maybe you can come back again on another maybe episode, and we can... That. Yeah. We can try that. Yeah. Stan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, we can we can return to it later. I don't I don't mind having Zach back on. He has a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe after D twenty three. Um. Maybe like next week or week after we could talk about Kingdom Hearts and uh. You know. I mean that's a there, that's a really big things, topic. A few things I could always talk about: Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, Nintendo in general. All right. So those are, those are my three bigs. Cool, cool, cool. I think we're at the end, so uh, Stan, you want to close this out? Yeah, so, Zach, do you have any closing comments about your experience running through the Final Fantasies? Uh, yeah, just one thing I wanted to say was how it was really cool playing through 1 through 6 for the first time, but it was even more interesting, I think, rushing through 7 and 8 and now 9, because since I played them before in depth, like, gotten all the summons, gone for all the weapons, you know, I've played 7 and 8 before multiple times and tried to get everything extra, done all the chocobo racing, played all the card game, whatever. There's so many side quests and mini-games that you can partake in that I think are so much fun and add to the experience of Final Fantasy, but because I'm trying to fit 14 games in one year, I have to skip a lot. Like, they're, they're almost... They're not speedruns because I'm still doing some side stuff, but it's it's made me realize there are some of the early ones that I'd like to come back to in the future, like 4, 5, and 6, because 1, 2, and 3 are a bit more straightforward. They didn't start many of the side quests and stuff until later games. They've got some, but... There are some of those that I feel like because I rushed through, there's some stuff that I've definitely missed out on. Like, I know in 7 and 8, 7 I didn't do the Chocobo Racing at all. Uh, 8, I barely played Triple Triad. I only played enough to get cards that would give me good items. I don't know, like, so I feel like there's, even though I enjoyed them, I didn't get the full experience out of them. So I'm still learning a lot about them, but it's interesting just to know how much there could potentially be to uncover in the games. They're just so big, they're so expansive, and they're so much fun. And I think anybody who hasn't played the old school games should try to eventually. Yeah, and uh, be sure to follow Zach Lyons. Um, his website is uh, Safe Continue. And what's the exact name of your blog, by the way? Uh, the, it's like the- actually... I don't write there much anymore, but I just do my Final Fantasy marathon there. The marathon is called mm. The Road to Final Fantasy 15 in 2015, or The Road to 15 and 15 for short. And uh, whenever I play, I live tweet on Twitter. I live tweet, where else would you live tweet? I uh, <laughs> use hashtag Road to 15 and 15, but that's Road to XV in 15. So. If you guys want to follow me while I'm playing, that's the hashtag to search for. Or my Twitter is at Zachary P. Lyons. That's Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-P-L-Y-O-N-S. Also, Zach is a fellow writer on Twinfinite, and he's a great writer. Uh, so if you want to see his other work, uh, or his current work, go on to Twinfinite.net and search for Zach. And so, guys, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Super Nerd Pals.
And as you know, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And if you like listening to us yap our faces off for a couple hours, please rate us highly. Thank you. Share, subscribe, and most of all, most importantly, tell your friends about us. You can also tweet at us. You can find us on Twitter at SuperNerdPals. And I was your host this week. My name is Stan Gadersky. You can find me at Stan Doom. Doom! Doom! Andy's left us early, but you can find Andy at SweetJustice1. That's O-N-E on Twitter. Kirsty, thank mm. you for coming. Oh, you're so welcome. And talking about your comics, your pics, and The Sims, and for putting up with our nonsense uh, garbage video game talk. That's okay. You're a great sport. Okay. We love you, Kirsty. Thank you. And my Twitter's private. Sorry. <laughs> and Chris, tell us where we can find you. Alright, you can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja for Hire. All one word. Alright, guys, thank you for tuning in again. Thanks, Zach, for joining us. Please come back. Thank you very much. One, um, one, one last thing, one last pimp. If you sure. go on my Twitter, uh, on my page, the, my top tweet is a pinned tweet, and that will link you to my overview, because like I said, I post updates every week for Road 15. And I've got them all compiled in one post, and that's my pinned tweet on Twitter. So you can find all that right there in one convenient location. All right, thank you, Zach, and thank you, pals of Super Nerding. You've been wonderful. Thank, thank you, guys. You. See ya. See ya.